0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I want to welcome everyone to Easter Sunday. How exciting. We call it Resurrection Sunday because we're celebrating uh, the resurrection of the dead that we don't uh, worship a dead Jesus. Somebody said once, a dead Jesus does nobody any good at all. And I'm excited about this this morning, and I want to welcome you wherever you're at in the world, wherever uh, this finds you. Uh, my prayer and uh, uh, my hope is that you would just receive something this Sunday that's just amazing, that inspires you, that lifts you wherever you're at, whatever situation that you're in, that you would absolutely go to another level uh, because of Resurrection Sunday this morning. Well, I want to read the, uh, just a short account of the Resurrection and then we're going to look at something that, that I really believe will uh, minister to you. And uh, it's something called faith, faith. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 16, I'm just going to read this short account and then uh, John chapter 20. And this is the actual account of when Jesus was raised from the dead. In Mark chapter 16 and verse uh, 9 to 14, listen to this or you can read, read along if you'd like. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week... And the first day of the week for uh, in the Jewish calendar was Sunday. That's why we celebrate uh, Easter on Sunday. That's why uh, we uh, worship God on Sunday morning. The first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe. And then John 20 Uh, Jesus appears to a man named Thomas. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where, where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And uh, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. There are so many things, if we're honest, in Scripture that, quite frankly, are hard to believe. And they're hard to believe for one reason, I believe, is because Seeing for most of us is believing, and we can 't see most of these things. none of us are two thousand years old i don 't think uh, we were not around when Jesus was raised from the dead we weren 't around when he did those miracles we weren 't around for most of the things well, any of the things that happened back then we weren 't around uh, in uh, the time when Noah built the ark and Moses crossed the red sea and and all of these things that happened. none of us were around, so we take these accounts for face value, however if you're like me, you're, you can identify with at least three people uh, or three types of people that are in this resurrection account. And I'm going to give you these three, and then uh, you can see if any of these, and maybe all three of them, uh, you can identify with. Firstly, there was Mary Magdalene and she was the first one with the other Mary that was the mother of James, and then some other women, it says, uh, that were there. They prepared the body of Jesus, they put perfume and, and, and different spices, and, and uh, a, a man named Joseph of Arimathea, who was a prominent uh, Jewish ruler, he was high up, and he uh, went against the Sanhedrin, which is a, a ruling class of the Jews. He went against their decision to crucify Jesus and to uh, not accept him as the Messiah, and he had a a tomb that was hewn out of rock. very rich man back then to have your own tomb that had never been used uh, that was hewn out of rock was quite a special thing. Uh, I've been to Jerusalem and uh, there's two probable sites of uh, where Jesus's tomb was. One's in a, outside in a garden. The other one is uh, pretty well inside the, the walled city and there's huge shrines and everything uh, built above that. That's probably the most probable place where, uh, where that tomb is. However, it really doesn't matter. The event happened and, and what really does matter is that we would believe. And the first type of person that came to the tomb was uh, Encapsulated, if you will, in Mary Magdalene, out of whom it says uh, he had Jesus had driven. Three, seven demons out of her. Now, that doesn't seem to mean much to us today because we think, oh demons, what's that all about? I've seen the exorcist and all of that. Let's just put it this way. She was on the verge or uh, over the edge of insanity. She was uh, out of control. I have witnessed the demonic in different parts of the world and it's no place to be. It's not a very nice place for your headspace. If anybody uh, you know, has that in Mexico, they call them loco, it means they're out of their mind. Uh, it causes a person to do things that only a deranged person would do. To be insane would probably be be uh, worse than a death sentence. You're a living, dead person. And the first person that uh, I believe that we can relate to is somebody that was dead. Somebody that a death sentence, the uh, death knells, if you will, were on their life. They were pronounced uh, dead even though they were still alive. She was delivered. By Jesus, from this, she was there to prepare the body, and now she comes to the tomb with the other women early in the morning. They see the stones been rolled away, the body's not there, and she's wondering where, where is he gone? And then, uh, we didn't read this bit, but uh, there's a, a person that they think is the gardener, and, and they recognize that it's Jesus, and she falls at his feet. She grabs a hold of his feet, and and in in her mind. Uh, all of her hopes, which had been dashed, which had been vanished, they probably came rushing back again. Imagine her before the risen Lord, a dead Jesus, like I said, doesn't do anybody any good. Imagine her uh, thoughts going back to well, what if these demons come back in again? what if i what if I go back to my deranged insanity uh, where's go- where's my hope? who's going to deliver me from this 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 terrible fate? to her astonishment. She sees Jesus, she embraces Jesus, the excitement of it all must have just been overwhelming. There's hope, he's he's not dead. I saw him dead, but now he's alive. The first type of person is the person that has uh, witnessed personally firsthand the miraculous power of God. I love that, and uh, if any of us have that chance to to be introduced to God that way, that is something really, really special to uh, to believe because you firsthand witness the power of God uh, at your salvation, if you will. However, most of us, in fact, uh, sometimes very few people fall into that category. Well, Let's read on. The second type of person, I believe, is found in the disciples. And uh, these are men that walked with Jesus, they talked with him, they ate, they laughed, they witnessed all the miracles, but they also witnessed his horrific crucifixion and most of them in fact all of them denied him they walked away from him the, uh you know they virtually disowned the person that was their best friend and their hopes were dashed they did not believe when the women came back from the tomb and they said we've seen him he's alive the the, the uh, other accounts say no no it's just that we don't believe that they mocked it they, they 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 ridiculed it was like that's not true it's just a fable it's 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 uh you know not true and and A lot of us can relate to that because we don't see, we want to follow Jesus, but a lot of times, if we're honest, we slip into religion. We slip into following the teachings of Jesus. We slip into following rituals. We go to church on Sunday. Uh, You know, we're good people. We congregate together. Well, not right now because of coronavirus. Uh, Nobody in the room, hello. Uh, But, you know, we fall into this trap called religion. These men. Had gotten religious, and the person that they called teacher and even called Lord on occasion, he was dead. Like I said, dead Jesus, prop, prophets, nobody, anything. How are they going to believe? What's going to spark their belief in him? And that's the resurrection and seeing the risen Lord. Now, they got to see him and they believed. The third type of person is the person that was a disciple. His name is Thomas. And I would say, out of all uh, three of these types, a lot of us fall into uh, Thomas, and we call him Doubting Thomas. Even though his his end, the end of Thomas's testimony was anything but doubting. In fact, there's a great monument in India for him. He was the disciple that actually reached out and evangelized India. That's how profound. His faith got boosted to another orbit that caused him to, you know, travel out of that whole region, clear over to India to to advance the gospel. But listen to Thomas, it says, he's one of the 12, and and he says this, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Isn't that so many people today? Seeing is believing, prove it to me. And so we say, well, archaeologically, you know, the tomb is still there. In fact, uh, some of the museums that I uh, went to uh, were the Habsburgs in in, uh, Vienna. And all all these museums, they've actually got pieces of the of the crown of thorns they've got splinters from the supposedly from the cross they've got some of them even say these are the actual nails uh, one of them is the spear of destiny it's called the uh tip of that spear that actually was thrust into his side and and here's proof that 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 he's alive but i like what it says here at the end jesus does say to him put your finger here see see my hands reach out put your hand into my side stop doubting and believe my lord and my god however we weren't there thomas was but listen to what jesus says he said because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed i would say that's the category that most of us would fall into we don't see and yet we're expected to believe Now, there is an answer to how you can leap that great chasm, if you will, uh, from unbelief to seeing is believing uh, into I believe, and it's something called faith. Faith is the substance, the uh, scriptures tell us, of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen. If you have any hope at all, I would have hope in the resurrection. If Jesus is alive, all of this is true, this is amazing as he lives so live i if you have any hope at all the resurrection offers that however hope itself must become a substance and the bible says now faith is now faith is the substance Of things hoped for, it grabs a hold of hope in the future, brings it into the now, and causes that to be substance. And then the same writer of Hebrews that wrote, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, says this. He says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God because first you must believe that He is. Well, that He is what? Certainly that He is alive. Uh, uh, Easter Sunday is far more than just a religious holiday and some just celebrate with Easter bunnies and chocolate eggs. You know, all of that will do you about as good as, you know, uh, uh, getting fat and drinking Coke or something. It's not going to do you any good at all just to celebrate and be religious. You have to take that step and believe that he exists, believe that he is alive, and then it goes on and says, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. It says, of those who diligently seek him. Not what he can do for you, not seek a sign, not look for a miracle, not expect a visitation and appearance. In fact, uh, most of the time when he appeared, after he was resurrected, they didn't even know it was him until he opened their eyes and he revealed himself to them. So that's a big step to go from seeing is believing, which we we are never going to believe if we have to see, uh, chances are, to a deep-seated trust is what faith means. A deep-seated trust going across that chasm of unbelief into an area where I make a decision. I am going to believe that he exists, that he rose from the dead. I am going to seriously seek him. Well, what is the key to having that kind of robust faith? I asked that question I really grappled with it in a a big way for a long time, and uh, just a few breakthrough revelations for me anyway, was realizing that it's okay to have doubt in your head because faith is in the heart. Your head, like a computer, it's it's programmed, it's always going to get bombarded with what if, and if that was true, then why, 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 and other people's voices and all the rest of it, but in your heart... Is where you believe. It's it's with the heart it says that a person believes. It's with their mouth that confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10. But what shall they believe? They believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Where do you believe that? Not in your head, but in your heart. If you will make a heart decision to believe, then watch what happens. The evidence of things hoped for starts to fall into place, and it's a life that you live on top of that. The biggest evidence for me that Jesus Christ really is alive, that he rose from the dead, that this promise is true, the promise of eternal life, and uh, that, that he, is the resur- he is the resurrection and the life, not just raises people from the dead. He was the first one to, to, uh, to be crucified and to die as sin for us and to be raised from the dead he wasn't the first one to be raised from the dead he was the first one that to ever do that god took your sin uh, on the cross and and totally and completely removed it from you so that you could have a brand new life And, and the biggest proof for that is the life that you live i look at other people and uh i'm encouraged in scripture to read people like a letter if you look at somebody's life and you think wow Only God could have done that for them. That's a miracle. Uh, Only God could transform a human life. It's like water into wine. And and if you look at that and read your own life that way, you'll start to have a robust faith. Now, where it was hard for me to ever believe it, now it's hard for, It's impossible for me not to believe it. I've lived that long. I've seen the reality of the risen Savior, and uh, there's no way for me ever to be talked out of it, whereas in the beginning, it was like, how could I ever be talked into it? And I really encourage you to uh, reach out to him right now, wherever you're at. Just start to look into your Your heart. You'll know that that what I'm saying and and, uh, the gospel, which means good news, is true if you go to your heart, not your head. You'll start to you'll start to see things and you'll start to uh, your belief, your faith will start to reach out and and more and more you'll get to know him and, and that's the essence of all of it. Well I've invited two people. Uh, to be part of this service this morning. They're dear friends of mine. They're also um, contemporaries in ministry. Uh, we're on the same team. One of them is our our worship leader, Slade uh, McFarland. These guys were recently married, and his beautiful wife, Vicka, uh, she's endearingly known as Vix. And uh, those two guys together uh, are going to share some of their testimony with us this morning on the reality of the resurrection. So I'm going to introduce these guys and then um, and and then we're going to uh, just uh, have a listen to some of their testimony on the reality of Christ. Hi guys. Hey. hey. It's good to see you. Uh, like I said, newly newly uh, married. Their wedding went off the charts. Had about 500 people there, and uh, and it was just absolutely amazing. And uh, I love that. Well, tell us, um, tell us where you were before you met Jesus and um, and, uh, and where you are now. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, thank you guys.
1: Yeah, um, well, before I met Jesus, I was, I, I guess I went through my whole life um, in schooling and, and upbringing. I wasn't from a Christian family. Um, and then when I met Jesus, I, I'd left school at about, uh, it was a year after I was at high school. And then uh, I was working, um, living life, doing my own thing, living my own lifestyle. Um, I wasn't out to do anything but really just to serve myself. Um, and yeah, I guess it was rite of passage, doing things that uh, my friends were doing. And, and they, they weren't things that were uh, building me up spiritually or, um, or to positively impact my life. Um, but if anything, they were... Doing negative things to impact my life, and so I had to make a decision. Um, but yeah, that all kind of led on a very long journey. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, um. So I, I guess for me, I'm on the of, on the polar opposite of Slade. So I grew up in church. Um. So before I actually encountered Jesus, I grew up my whole life in church. Um. I could literally quote you half the Bible. Um. You know. But for me, it was it was all knowledge. Um pre actually encountering Jesus in my life. So for me it was it was a lifetime of attending church on a Sunday. It was, you know, being involved in ministry, doing all these really cool things and being involved, yet um, Jesus wasn't a reality for me, um, as to say. So yeah, for me it was just it was it was the opposite of slate. I grew up in a in a very committed Christian family, yet I had never I didn't encounter Jesus um, growing up in, in the church. So wow.
0: So so had you heard of Easter and did you know what Easter represented and uh, you know what was your take on Easter Sunday or the resurrection you know at this time uh, of your life?
1: Yeah I remember um, primary school I had a RE teacher and um, I, I remember the stories and I remember her going through the resurrection the cross um, and the, she had these little demonstrations and, you know, the candles and, and make sure that your light shines and, you know, all of these awesome little things that you remember as a kid. Um, but I guess they never, I, I guess they were a seed that were planted at, at a very young age, but it, it never really meant anything to me at the time uh, because I, I wasn't from a Christian family. I, I didn't have that continually built into me at, as a young age. Um, but, you know, I, re- I remember those things, but I, I, it was never something that I focused on or it was never something that meant anything to me um, as a person. Um, yeah.
2: Yes. For me, I obviously grew up doing Easter every year. We'd do these really cool um, plays and skits and, you know, we'd literally do the whole resurrection skit from start to end of, you know, Jesus mm. on the cross. And But it, it still wasn't... A reality for me it was just—it was for me it was almost this fairy tale that I just kind of got used to doing every year, and, and I knew everything about Jesus, but Jesus wasn't alive to me. Jesus wasn't something that I truly had encountered for me to take seriously and, um, and really kind of dig into, because it was just something my parents always taught me about, and I just had to attend because my parents attended, so I just did what a good little righteous child should do at that age. So I rolled with it.
0: So so how did you meet Jesus? And um, same question to both of you guys. I know the journey, um, you know, I know some of the journeys. Vic, Vic's here was in the Navy for quite a few years and um, has had obviously an encounter with, with Jesus. She leads our youth and our young adults and uh, is a, a very strong witness. Uh, how did you meet Jesus and how did you develop such a, a robust faith? Yeah,
2: well, so... For me, it was, it was interesting, though, because I'd obviously grown up in church and I always had this pride about me. When So when people would try to share God or, or tell me about Jesus, I always had this mentality where I was like, you don't need to preach to me. My sins were forgiven on a Sunday already. Don't worry about it kind of thing. I had this real pride about me. But the, the reality behind it was that, you know, I was a very, in fact, a very broken person attending church on a Sunday. And um, for me, it was a particular night that I was I was out with a bunch of the girls and, Um, we actually pulled into McDonald's and so I actually was driving um, on my L's illegally with all the girls and so um, sorry mum. but um, yeah so we were there and and so we were sitting there we ordered a meal at this point and some random guy like older guy probably in his in his mid-60s he approached me and he started sharing about Jesus and so like naturally this pride about me just kind of rose up and I was like look mate do you know who I am? Like, I'm, I know about this God thing, you know, like I'm, psh, mate, I'm good. Um, but the reality was there, was there was a lot of just, there was a lot of suffering in me that no one could know about because it was like I'd put on this professional facade of this good Christian kid, yet internally I was, I was struggling. Um, I didn't know who I was, I had no identity. Um, I was living by the expectations of my parents, the expectations of the church. I knew the moral code of Christianity and I knew how to play the game. But behind closed doors I was living my best life um, and so this particular night um, I had this man he, he approached me at McDonald's and I was with the girls and I'm pretty sure I was a bit um, tipsy at this point and he he shared the gospel with me and but he didn't just share the gospel with me he he shared the power of God with me at the same time he prophesied he shared this prophecy with me he told me everything about me that no one knew about and I just, it really kind of caught me off guard, and you know, and it something that night um, it rocked my world um, because I'd encountered Jesus in a way that I'd never encountered Jesus, and something in my spirit erupted, something in my heart came alive, wow. um, and I remember it vividly. For me, it was a very vivid experience on the 17th of May, 2010. Um, I was in my last uh, term of year 11, um, and I was definitely was going down like a very destructive path, um, and. You know, just being somebody that I wasn't, um, to impress my friends, um, to, to be a part of the crowd, to conform to, to society's expectations. And, you know, on this particular night, um, Jesus rocked my world, um, you know, and, and he came alive. And, you know, I've made a conscious decision. It's um, been 10 years now uh, to live my life uh, sold out uh, for Jesus because that night I realized that there was a creator and um, and that was Jesus, uh, son of God. Um, he, he died for me and, and, and he just, yeah, he came alive for me that night.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so uh, when I met Jesus, I remember I was sitting in my room and I was just bored one Sunday night and I just thought, oh, I'll just message an old friend and and it was a guy that I uh, went to high school with. We were in music class together and we always jammed and I just thought, oh, wonder what he's doing. So I sent him a message and then I just remember getting a message back. And him saying that, hey, hey, bro, like, I'm, I'm in church. Like, you know, if you want to hang out, you'll have to come here. And, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll hang out after the service. But, yeah, if you want to hang out, just come here. And uh, for me, that was a very big step to take because coming from a non-Christian background or, you know, someone who didn't believe in God or, you know, never pictured themselves in a church, for me, that was, you know, a massive step. And particularly because I had very... Um, you know against church beliefs and that that kind of stuff but but so I I took that step and I came down to church and and all of a sudden I was met with all these amazing wonderful happy loving people that they they remembered my name they they knew what I love they knew what I uh, liked and my, my interests that were playing um that yeah playing music and and doing that kind of stuff and and then I remember that um that when we we came into the the service and all of a sudden the the band was playing there was music and and everyone was energetic enthusiastic and and all of a sudden um all of the the build-up of like this identity stuff that i had that i didn't even really know was there just started to to creep up and 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 I realized that it was you know I'd built up a lot of anxiety and a lot a lot of um stuff that was just kind of weighing me down and all of a sudden, in an instant in a moment um that was just lifted and then i just felt something come upon me and and no longer I had this this weird um heaviness and and that was just gone like, and, and all of a sudden I felt freedom, I felt just this love and and I, I was like what what is what is happening what 's going on this is this is amazing and then um, you know with a little bit of confusion uh, after the service we we sat down had coffee, and I had all these questions and and then it, they were answered, and it, everything just made sense and and right there I, I gave my life to to the lord and you know it was it wasn't by anything else but, but the power of God and, and the presence of God that that I encountered that that it brought me to him, and then ever since that day I, I've never been the same uh, my, my life has changed uh, now now my goals are different my, my focus is no longer on myself, but, but my focus is now on him and, and what he could do um, through me so yeah that that was how I met Jesus.
0: That is so powerful. Um, You know, there's a scripture that says, that if the same power that raised Christ from the dead, uh, that same power will quicken or make alive your mortal spirit. I mean, that's, what a powerful scripture. And and both of you, uh, one had had religion, the other didn't, or a church background, uh, but you both encountered uh, the risen Lord and that power. And um, obviously it's changed your life. Anything that you'd like to share with us about what a difference that uh, the risen Lord, because we're celebrating Easter Sunday. He's raised from the dead. We don't worship a dead Jesus, like I said. Uh, now, what has He done for your life personally? Uh, what, what, is, what are some of the changes?
1: Yeah, I guess for me, the, the changes that I've encountered in my life is that, um, you know, before I was a very self-centered person. And, you know, chasing after my own desires, like trying to get richer or trying to, um, you know, get healthier for, for my own benefit. But all of a sudden, Christ gave me a sense of humility and, and no longer, it wasn't about what I could do, but what he could do. And so when I met Jesus, no, I, I wasn't chasing money, I was chasing him. And then everything else fell into place. And, and when when I met him, my eyes were now fixed on him. And, and all of those things, like whatever I needed, were just falling into place. And, and my purpose for life changed. No longer was it after those things but now it gave me a sense of humility for people a love of people a a love to see people changed and 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 encounter the same thing that I encountered and and show people that there is freedom there is power there's love in his name and yeah that that is all available to us even today because he is risen yeah wow um
2: love that Uh, so for me obviously like growing up in church I knew like you know, I knew everything about Jesus, you know. Um, my dad was a pastor, actually. And so for me, I like, it was almost as if um, that night that I encountered Jesus, like, the words, these words had finally come alive to me. You know, the, 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 um, the parables that I've been hearing my whole life, all these different analogies of Jesus had, had literally come alive to me that night. And all I wanted to do from that day forward was, how could I use my life and, and my dreams now to glorify God? Um, it was no longer... Um, very similar to Slater, it was no longer about me anymore. It was no longer about building, you know, my life and my future. It was now how can I live my life to glorify God and, and to reach people with this message, um, this message of salvation that is is actually the most powerful message um, and it's the only message uh, that, that needs to be shared. And so for me, from that point forward, it was, it was yeah, it was the old Vicks had just... In in a night, Um, obviously people's experiences are very different, but for my, I had like a radical encounter with God that night and I would literally lost majority of my friends that night um, because I just had this hunger for righteousness. I had this hunger for holiness. I had this hunger to to walk in the power of God, um, you know, to know more of him. Um, You know, I wanted to do the cool things that Jesus did because now I was like, wow, that power now lives in me. Um, you know, Jesus says, you know, greater the things that I've done, you can do greater. And so I had this mindset now that I was like, man, I just want to like, I want to dive into the kingdom, you know, I want to reach the world for Jesus. And, you know, like my mind was just like blown um, with just Christ in me. And, and as Slade said, for me, I'd, I'd never encountered such joy, you know, such peace um, in my life. And, and I, I wanted the world to feel that, you know, I wanted every single person that I'd encountered with my, in my life to to encounter the love of Jesus. And so yeah and so for me um obviously got uh saved at year 11 and um and then year 12 i was 17 uh at this point i yeah i joined the navy at 17 so finished my my year 12 studies and all i really wanted to do was like god you tell me like your will be done in my life and you know at 17 god was like joined the navy i was like sweet i can't swim but let's do it and so, um, yeah, six years on, I um, I joined the navy, and um, that was my battlefield for, for six years of my life. Um, from 17 to, to 23, I I ministered the gospel to every single person. Um, to to all my rugby girls, they would all call me um, Virgin Mary. That was kind of my my nickname, and you know I loved it. You know it was it, that, because that was my world. It was now um, it wasn't that the cool vics had left. It was it was how can I use my the giftings that God had given me the. Um, the different talents that I had, like how can I use that to, to glorify and to, and to build the kingdom and to see the kingdom of God move forward. And so for me, yeah, God changed me in a very uh, radical way. Um, so,
0: that is yeah. so good. Um, if I can, you know, hear a common theme with both your, your uh, testimonies, it's uh, it shifted from it's all about me to others, that the focus now became on uh, ministering to and reaching out and helping other people. And, um, and I, I just see that as so powerful. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4. Let me read this. It says, Paul writes, he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. A demonstration is, is uh, something that will answer all arguments. Somebody said God didn't send an argument. He sent his son. It's not a debate, Christianity, it's a, it's, it's, uh, uh, a person that, that comes in and empowers us. Uh, so tell us about maybe some of the people who, uh, whose lives have, uh, are different, uh, that have been impacted as you focus not on yourself but on others and coming in contact uh, with them, and they come in contact with the resurrection power that's on the inside of you, changing lives. Maybe you could just share uh, a few of those with us. Thanks.
1: Um, yeah i I remember uh, la- last year actually I was driving Uber for a while, and um, it was something kind of random that just came up and and financially, it was a good idea. but then all of a sudden, I realized that no actually this is this is something from God like I have an opportunity now face to face one on one with people to either make their day better or help them feel good or just be, to be an ear and to listen and there, there was opportunity after of opportunity to to share that same power that I, I'd received from God and to share what what that did in my life and and to share to someone else to, that they could experience that same thing and I remember one time um, I went to the university actually to pick Pick up a guy similar age to me, and as I picked him up, I just felt this something in my heart tell me I need to speak to him tonight. He needs to hear um, the the gospel. He needs to hear a good message that that's going to empower him and, and uplift him. And I remember that night we were just talking, just as as you would normally do, and and have just normal conversation. And then by the end of the conversation, he, all of a sudden his heart was open to hear the word of God and to hear the gospel. Um, And I I don't think it was anything but supernatural. And and it's that power that the demonstration of the spirit of God, that, that opens people's hearts. And all of a sudden his heart was open and and he gave his life to Christ. And then he came to church and then all of a sudden his his girlfriend came and then she gave her life to Christ. And it's, it's not by our own strength that this happened, but, but by the power of the Holy spirit. And um, that was just extremely encouraging for me because that, that was that same word that I got that it that slayed. It's no longer you, but it's it's me. If you just let go and let me speak, then all of a sudden, you know, these amazing things will happen, and, and I'll reveal myself to these people. Um, and so, yeah, that that was my encounter with yeah sharing sharing God's love. Yeah, wow, well, I love that. <laughs>
2: Uh, so for me obviously um, it's been a pretty cool journey um, encountered a, a fair few people and um, but there's one uh, there's a particular uh, story that, that really kind of encouraged me and impacted my life and it was actually on, on one of my deployments in the Navy and um, you know living on a ship it, it gets uh, quite discouraging because uh, you're in the middle of nowhere land and um, you know and people are missing their families you know you're you're separated from humanity you know there's there's no like I think it's very similar to COVID at the moment you're literally incarcerated on a ship and so you know I found um, there was just a lot of people struggling on board and, and there was a particular girl that obviously reached out to me because um, she just she just knew um, she knew that I was a person of faith and you know a person that um, I always try to carry myself with um, just the fruits of God you know like always trying to be the happiest person in the room um, that regardless of every circumstance I, I try to shine Jesus in, the, in those places and I remember a particular night, um, we were were literally sitting on the flight deck um, on board the ship, and I remember her just really opening up about how much she was struggling on this deployment. And it was her first deployment, um, but it was my second deployment. And she really just shared um, she was really missing home. Um, just so many relationships um, that she was missing. She was craving, um, you know, just the things of of normal life. And I remember just sitting there and and listening to her and and hearing her heartbreak. And, And I remember, like, the Holy Spirit had literally just said to me, you need, you need to share with her, Vix. You need to share with her why you carry the hope you do, and you know, um, share the you know eternity and the power of God in your life. And, and so I was kind of sitting there, it was a very—it's it's just awkward because you know, um, for those of you that obviously work in a, in a very professional environment, um, you know, you don't really uh, you don't really talk about that stuff. And so, but it was—I had a prompting from the Holy Spirit, and I knew that God was speaking to me to speak to her. And so I, yeah, so I, I just said to her, um, "Oh, look, for me, um, I know you." You obviously you reached out to me tonight but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you and even if you don't agree with me but I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to share that the hope of God in my life and I just I honestly shared with her Jesus and I shared with her um you know what Jesus has done in my life the impact that God has had and and why I am the way I am um because because of the words of God and, and the, the encouraging words that I that I derive from from the um from the Bible and so she 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 just sat there for, for a few moments and she didn't really respond and then the night went on, and it was interesting because um, three years later, actually, um, and, and God has encouraged me in this situation that um, when, when you share God with people, it's never in vain. Um, so three years later, she sends me a message, and she said, you know, she was sharing her she gave her life to God, and she, she was in, um, you know, the worst time of her life, um, and she was really close to, to suicide at this point. And she said all she can remember was that night when we were sitting on the flight deck of the ship, and I shared with her the hope of God. And so, you know, I want to encourage you guys out there, you know, um, the the journey of being a Christian isn't easy. You know, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get ridiculed. You're going to get ostracized. um, But we don't do it because of that. We do it because we're so sure of of the faith of God and and, and the hope of of humanity is through Jesus. And and just to hear that, you know, that even though three years ago she didn't respond how I I would have wanted her to respond, but that seed was planted. And that three years on, um, she's now a Christian because God used me, you know, uh, a random person to, to speak hope into her life and to share with her the gospel and, and, and yeah, now her and her whole family, um, you know, they were recently baptised they were all at my wedding um, you know, they enjoyed the worship and you know, and it was just for me, it was it was such a reminder that, you know, our faith is never in vain, you know, God calls us and when he speaks to us, just be obedient, even if you if you feel awkward or, or weird about it, because God's going to use it um, and he's going to, use, now she, he's using her and her husband in mighty ways in their church and Um, yeah they're reaching more people now um, because of simple obedience so so
0: yeah that is so amazing and uh, I've been impacted just by hearing this this account of how real that the risen Lord is and celebrating Easter this is like the thing that we're celebrating that he is alive I don't know where you're at and and, uh, how you relate perhaps you related to one of the three types of people that I mentioned. Uh, in the Easter story, you might you might be like a Mary Magdalene, and uh, you had an encounter with him that just absolutely rocked your world. Uh, you've heard the testimony of Slade and, and Vicks, and you know, how powerful that is. They had an encounter with God. You might have uh, been like the disciples, maybe raised in a Christian home uh, uh, with a denomination or something like that. You're churched, uh, maybe you're religious, but you haven't encountered him and the power of his resurrection. Or perhaps you're like, uh, like I I was like without in Thomas I can really relate to him if I don't you know see him seeing his belief if I'll put my uh, fingers in his nail holes and hand in his side then you know, I'm not gonna believe uh, whichever three that you might identify with or perhaps all three I don't know uh, God will reach you right where you're at God absolutely knows your number he absolutely knows you he knows where you're at is for you he will make a way for you to encounter him and for you to have relationship with him so I'm gonna pray right now and so I'd like wherever you're at for you to perhaps close your eyes you can bow your head if you'd like to but just have an intimate moment and let's just occupy this moment in this space Uh, it's it's a very sacred time it's a time where you can give your heart to him like I said not just your your mind and your thought life but in your heart I'd like you right now to just reach into your heart and let your heart swallow up your head if you will let it just be swallowed up so that you're not thinking so much as you're believing and uh, let me pray for you we're going to have a simple prayer at the end where you can ask jesus christ into your heart and he will meet you right where you are father i thank you right now for every single person that's listening, that's joined us online for our service today, whether it's Easter Sunday, or you've perhaps uh, uh, tapped into this later on, and Easter's well and truly passed, it doesn't matter. There's no time or distance in the spirit of God. He's there right now where you're at right now. Father, just reach out to them as you had with Slade and with Vicks and myself and so many others. And Lord, do a miracle in each person's heart, I pray. Wherever they are at, no matter what they're struggling with, I just pray right now, reach into their room, their space now, and meet them right where they are. Let them know that they are accepted and they are loved. And uh, uh, right now, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And if you'd like to just say this, you can say it under your breath if you'd like, or you can say it out loud. Uh, But the main thing is if you'll believe this in your heart. This is not a formula. It's just a simple prayer. And uh, you can repeat this after me. Just say, Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I give you my heart. It's just that simple. And if you've done that right now, you've given him your heart. He's taken your heart and uh, He will well and truly empower you to do things that you can't do. He will lead you in paths of righteousness. You will have your own testimony, and you will see miraculous things in your life. I promise you, your journey has just started, your journey into life. And what what an awesome time to have done that. Resurrection Sunday or listening to an Easter service message like this. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city church.net or email us your feedback at infocity at church.net.